Off the ball. It's not like Maradona or Messi, where the ball is tied to the left foot. I always see the ball as something which is bouncing, like an obedient, happy puppy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Oh yeah, you have your own theme tune, Jess. I know, right? Very good. Love it. Thank wow, you. quite analog. Mm. Old school nostalgia. Little synthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I approve. Uh, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, very good. Um, the post Christmas, everybody's kind of um, packed up their boxes, jumped up and down on the green bin, and. Um, <laughs> returned the electronic stuff that um, their parents and grandparents got them that they didn't want. Yeah, it is the most wonderful time of the year. There's going to be a lot of stuff, I'd say, flying up on some of the resale websites over the next little while. People don't need a digital photo frame that doesn't really work that well. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's funny. There was no real big tech toy this year, aside from the consoles. I didn't see like one big thing dominate. I think next Christmas we're going to see a lot of what we're talking about today in terms of virtual reality headsets. But there was no real sort of runaway train in terms of tech this Christmas, I don't think. So virtual reality, right? We're going yeah. to talk about the, the PlayStation one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a massive investment by Facebook in this area in recent years. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't quite returned the dividend that I think they thought it was going to for them. No, and it's not returning for anyone as of yet. So specifically today, and you just saw it on the screen there, we're talking about the PSVR, so the second iteration of this. The first iteration was out six years ago, six and a half years ago, and it was promising to be the next big thing in gaming. However, it was kind of a little bit too early. I don't know if you remember, Jerry, years and years and years ago, like maybe 15 years ago now at this stage, there was a VR headset in this office. And it was basically a thing where you sit on a chair and simulated that you were on a roller coaster and everyone was losing their minds because they were getting that feeling in their tummy like they were on a roller coaster. And we thought this is the extent of virtual reality. Was that Oculus Rift? That was, yeah, yeah. So obviously it wasn't 15 years ago, but it was a long time ago. And a lot of us were super excited by it. but the uses for it kind of hit a wall after the roller coaster thing. Um, do you remember we actually did a thing on Off the Ball a few years ago, maybe six years ago, where we put it on you and you were going around one of the golf courses. There was yeah. some golfing thing on. Um, that was pretty cool. That was a, an example of how it could be brought into the sporting world a little bit more. But the key issues here were that, number one, the technology was super expensive and it still kind of is. And number two, the people developing the content for these consoles uh, and these headsets, they just couldn't keep up the pace. And so it wasn't really worth your while spending a grand, if not more, on a headset to just do one or two things. So it's not died a death yet. Like Mark Zuckerberg is very much investing in the metaverse. He's changed the name of Facebook to Meta because he firmly believes this is the next iteration of the Internet. He's pumped in like millions and millions of dollars to this. We're already seeing certain brands like Nike, for example, have already put in a lot of money into what their representation in the metaverse is going to look like. But the key question is, will the consumer follow? And I'm not talking about like nerdy kids like Shane. I'm talking about actual normal human beings who interact in real life and want to spend their money in real shops. What's it going to take for them to shimmy into the metaverse? Matt, I saw someone watching the World Cup final at home with, mm. the, with the whole headset and virtual reality and yeah. as if they were in one of the seats in the stadium, you could pick your seat yeah. and just have the atmosphere and 
it, like I don't know where it ends. Yeah, but but I, like this is the thing, and I kind of I'm I was a little bit skeptical of VR to begin with, just because that's my nature. But I think the more I see the brands getting behind it, I think initially, like six years ago, even it was still too early for a lot of the brands to get behind it. But now they are all going for it. A few weeks back, I was at a thing with Leinster Rugby, and they were showing their interpretation of uh, the metaverse and what virtual reality would mean to them. So they took a bunch of journalists down to an office building beside the concert hall and we were all given uh, VR headsets and we were taken to the Aviva and we got to go on top of the Aviva, we got to walk around the stadium and they were saying that, like obviously, you know, in the RDS at some stage they did the Aviva because it was just an easier one to model but um, that fans will be able to get extra experiences so just because you can't go to a game doesn't mean you can't be present at a game and, you know, maybe you could pick your seat at a stadium and you won't have to get pneumonia for it and, you know, maybe you could walk in and see what's going on behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff so I think the different clubs are taking it seriously and I think it's just a case of trying to convince the fan that you know okay you can't go to a game but sitting on your couch you can have as good if not better or maybe different an experience it's a tricky one for them because they make so much money from match day revenue and the thing about live sport that makes it so important as we've learned post-covid is that you need fans at the game like you need the atmosphere Mm. maybe there's some way of like listening in I mean obviously the technology exists through the Alexa where you know Jeff Zuckerberg is sitting in his lair listening to every single conversation that's happening Jeff Bezos is sitting in his lair listening to every conversation that's happening Um, so you you know you should you should have a two way thing where you can shout from your couch and make noise in the crowd but if you lose the if you lose that atmosphere I don't think you will though I think they're. I think that's going like again we're just at the beginning of this and in terms of like so firstly in terms of the, the noise and all the rest and the interactivity that's what the metaverse is all about the metaverse isn't about you at home interacting on your own it's about the three of us being in our homes and still being able to have this experience where I can look left and I can look at you and it feels like and it sounds like we're in the same room and you know if you were to stand up and walk over to me now but I'm looking directly ahead I would be able to hear because of the way the mics and the speakers are positioned within the headsets, I would almost sense your presence before I see your presence. So I think that interactivity is definitely going to be there. In terms of the financial side of things, it's fascinating if you look at what's happening on TikTok. I don't know if any of you have wasted hours over Christmas watching TikTok lives. So it's just an absolute time drain. (laughs) But there are certain creators that get sent gifts. So people who are watching... Just people, I don't know, whether they're cooking or they're cleaning their house or whatever it is, they're doing TikTok streams live and people are sending gifts that are financial-based gifts. So you can top up and you can send people essentially money uh, just for existing. So you can bet your bottom dollar that these businesses, and that's what sports clubs are, are going to invest and find ways for fans to interact and show their support by, you know, tapping a rugby ball icon that translates us to Euro or whatever it is. You know, there are so many different ways. We saw this during COVID as well, where, you know, you could be represented in a stadium on a screen or whatever it is. Like sports, we know what I think is going to change dramatically and everything, like as we know, it is going to change dramatically. It's just a case of ensuring that the last person who wants to get involved, gets involved. Like, I always say that my big thing with tech is trying to bring everybody along. It's not enough if, like, you know, 30% of people are super into it. We need to have everybody because otherwise you have these big divides. And as this tech evolves and as we live more of our lives in, you know, the metaverse or virtual reality or whatever, that disparity is going to become more stark. And I think it'll be more consequential as time goes on as well.
I don't want to sound like the old man in the room here, but um, <laughs> try. I know, not easily done. Um, sorry, Jer, but the so the VR headsets, like in terms of safety, like weren't all those young kids dying going around trying to catch Pokemon Go and stuff? Like when you were walking the golf course, were you actually walking around or were you just? Oh, no, sit- there's um, there's great. I mean, there's great videos of people running into. Uh, <laughs> like my favorite one is uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan. He was playing uh, <laughs> and, uh, snooker and he kind of like fell off the table. He went to lean on the table, and the table wasn't there, and just he fell, fell over. Forward. It's my favorite. Like, no, but there are safety concerns, and that's one of the things about the new PSVR is that they've built in a view panel so that you can see what's around you. The Pokemon Go thing was augmented reality, yeah. so that was a layer of virtual reality laid over what was in real life. So essentially, the Pokemon, it would appear that the Pokemon is like on the edge of this table, mm. and I would stretch across to grab it, but the, 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 it sort of wasn't lining up perfectly, so people were getting hurt. And then get hit by a bus. Yeah. Nice to keep it cheery on a Wednesday morning. Oh, yeah. Thanks, uh, early, everybody. Early New Year for you and a little bit of um, foreshadowing of your death. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. That's my gift to you. So let's talk about the specifics of this one, right? Yeah. So this is, as I said, this is the second iteration. So it's PSVR 2. It's coming out on the 22nd of February. And this has been hotly anticipated. And people have been dying to see what improvements Sony would make to try and make for a better experience. So as you'll see here, you have the headset itself and then you have the two uh, sense controllers. So they sit in one, uh, one in each hand. You put your headset on and they have really amped up the tech inside it. So you're going to have two 2000 by 240 display for each eye. So each eye is getting stellar displays right in front of you. So you'll have a 4K HDR display. There's intelligent eye tracking built in. So if we were all playing a game and I threw you a look, like I'm throwing you a look now, you'd be able to see it and you'd be able to follow where I'm going in terms of my eye line and so on. You have a 110 degree field of vision. So that just gives you that proper immersive experience. So like the fan that you were talking about, Shane, watching a match, you know, everything in your peripheral vision and directly in front of you is of the scene that you're you're immersed in. And it gives you that extra layer of reality. They've also done a lot in terms of 3D audio. So ensuring that if you are playing a game with bow and arrows and an arrow flies by your ear, you're getting that whoosh sensation and it kind of just brings you in a little bit more. And they've done a lot of work with the controllers as well to try and ensure that you're getting that extra bit of precision. So when you are, if you are playing, say, a shooter game or even if you're touching something, they've put a lot of work into being able to allow you to be more precise. So with a single digit, you can, you know, touch something, you can reach out. You are getting the haptic feedback in terms of, you know, if, again, if you're playing one of those evil, horrible games, uh, you are getting that shock back into your arms. And I am excited to see what they do with it. But... Firstly, it's still expensive. It's 600 quid. And secondly, it's all reliant on the titles. Like when the first PSVR came out a few years ago, I had one in my apartment and there was a novelty aspect to it. So I was very, very excited. And I think it came with a Batman game where they gave us a Batman game to try out. And so for 15 or 20 minutes, I was like, I am Batman in Leopardstown. And you do feel it everywhere you look. You are seeing like the utility belt. You're seeing your hands. You're hearing things. Bats fly by. It's super immersive. And then at around minute 19, you want to puke because the sensation is just kind of gross. I'm not somebody who overly enjoys wearing heavy headsets that kind of fog up and make you feel a bit nauseous. So I think that's going to be a serious factor to see if the better display and the better audio calibration and all the different things they've done have eradicated that sort of sickly feeling that sometimes comes from VR. 
can't wait to see how it's going to be adopted into into real life because I think back to the you know my dad talks about watching the moon landings in the sixties and yeah. you're obviously watching the grainy footage on TV and now NASA are going back with this Artemis program by 2025. I'd love to like. There's definitely going to be a, a way in which you can probably 100%. watch them walking on the moon in relative real time. Yeah. Like like you're there almost. Yeah. Like it's going to be insane. But that's the possibility. And so that's why some people sort of scoff at VR um, and think that it is just in the world of gaming. I think gaming is sort of the gateway drug for it to become a bit more mainstream. But Sony, they've invested a lot of money into the PSVR too. And there are already projections and predictions of the, me- the amount of units they need to sell for this to be deemed a success. And if it's not deemed to be a success, the VR ball is very much in Meta's court because, you know, it'll basically all be hinging on them. Their new headset that was released uh, late last year did very well at Christmas. Like, not bonkers numbers, but it did quite well. And I think that'll go up again next year. But it's all reliant on the content because there's no point in having... Like, there was no point in having a Blu-ray player if all you had was VHS taped, right? And that's kind of the same thing that we have now with VR. Yeah, and and it being accessible and everything and the point bringing people along. Like, I presume VR is being used in flight simulation and in high-end sports franchises. But that's just at a much higher and therefore more expensive level than the stuff that is being mass produced. Yeah, and you know, I saw a few years ago I was in um where was it in Birmingham and the West Midlands police there use VR as an alternative to getting penalty points on your license. So if you are caught drink driving or if you're caught speeding, there was an option in like a pilot scheme rather than getting the points on your license to sit through a 12-minute VR simulation of what just happened but you are the person who's impacted by either the drunk driver or the speeding driver and I watched about two minutes of it it is incredibly impactful so it's being utilised in terms of education I know that some of um, some medical students are now using things like VR to get a better understanding of how to treat patients particularly in trauma cases so there are so many uses for it but it does need that backing in terms of the content because to produce this stuff is super expensive and I think I know I'm making the same point time and again but it does come down to that um, I think was it Paul McCartney a few years ago did a, a thing whereby a gig was streamed and you could put on a VR headset and you could feel like you were standing in front of um, the stage watching him play it's going to take artists and individuals with clout and big pockets to be able to make this accessible to more people. Very interesting to see the Zuckerberg bet and if it comes off. Jake yeah. Wright, who's a regular commenter uh, on our YouTube channel, says the metaverse is huge. I've done a lot of voice over work for Meta in the last two years, but it's mainly crypto related. Interesting to see how it works in the world of sport. It is going to be very interesting to see how it works in the world of sport, especially as crypto falls apart. <laughs> like Hot take. One of the <laughs> Bitcoin... Uh, originators was like oh my wallet got compromised and he's lost three million quids worth he's like literally the guy who was involved in like building the whole thing and his money's not safe but your money's safe no no absolutely your money's safe give it to me please <laughs> I'll mind it in my revolute for you if you want just uh, at Jürgen Roy me sorry sidetrack there um, Google have pulled out of uh, Google Stadia yeah this is uh, it's not really a shocker but it's kind of sad news so before Christmas we were talking about how streaming is very much the future of or sort of the immediate future of gaming so we talked quite a bit about the Xbox Game Pass that allows you to pay a subscription fee and then you can download and play games straight away Google back uh, a number of years ago uh, in 2019 launched a thing called Google Stadia and the idea was to enable gamers to uh, be able 
have to play in real time. So you would take out your phone or your TV and you would log in and you'd be able to stream games. They'd be sort of hosted off a, a Google server somewhere else in the world, meaning that it wasn't, uh, you didn't need a console essentially. And it was deemed to be like, you know, it was looked upon as a very exciting and it could be something that would open gaming out to more people. Um, however, it just didn't work. Uh, Google has now pulled the plug and as of January 18th, anyone with a Google Stadia account will lose access to their account. But the good news is if you did uh, buy a Stadia or if you bought any games or downloadable content, you will be getting a refund from Google. Uh, so they're going to reimburse anybody who essentially put money into it as wow. a consumer. Um, and they're saying that the tech development from this project will now be sort of sucked up in other parts of the company. But it's just one to watch. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do next in terms of gaming. CES is on this week, the Consumer Electronics Show. Why aren't you there, Jess? Uh, because Colm said that I had to be here to talk about gaming with you guys on a Wednesday morning. That's right, so, yeah. You know. Oh, Sir Vegas, say, yeah. you know, the glamour quotient is equally high. I can read a press release at my desk. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, I'm not there. Very sad. Single tier. But uh, there's going to be a whole host of developments from the world of gaming at CES. Sony is there. We may get more titles unveiled uh, for the PSVR at the moment. I think there's only one or two uh, self-published titles, so we may get more insight there. But uh, we will obviously have all of that news later in the week. Didn't Apple talk about their VR offering in the last couple of days? Yeah. Now, again, Apple has kind of been talking about and not talking about non-background and little rumours and stuff like that about a whole host of stuff for a while but we know that gaming like they have their arcade uh, apple arcade subscription on phones and a lot of people are invested in that mobile gaming is a big deal and there's a lot of money to be made there i do think we will see more innovation in this space over the next few while but i kind of wouldn't be hanging my hat on anything because usually there's a long walk up to any of this sort of stuff Apple's valuation fell below 2 trillion yesterday for uh, the first time in a while. They were 3 trillion in the middle of last year. It's like, it's quite a lot. Mm. It's like, kind of, you know, uh, poor Elon Musk and has lost 200 billion yeah. this year. It's, um, I feel it's, sorry for him already, right, interesting, <laughs> interesting times in the old, uh, in the old tech world. Be interesting Indeed. to see how that all goes. Uh, one last question. I, for reasons that are too boring to go into hmm. at the moment, ended up with a couple of um, Chromecasts. Okay. What's the point of them? What do they do? Sorry, I've been talking to you about Chromecast for about seven years now. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't actually need one, do I? In Chrome from your, you can go from your phone to. I know, but I, TV and can stuff. I not do that anyway? No. Okay, so the idea with a Chromecast back before every TV was a smart TV, you'd buy a Chromecast. They were like thirty quid. You plug them into the back of your telly, and you'd be able to put everything and anything from your phone on. Uh, it worked really, really well. Now that a lot of TVs are smart, or pretty much every TV is a smart TV. They are slightly less useful. However, if you have a TV with a UI that you absolutely hate and you find it really difficult to navigate through, or if you don't want to go rooting down the back of the couch for one of the 17 remotes that you have to have to have a TV these days, you can bypass that all by going through the Chromecast. So I really like it. I actually still use the Chromecast. I have the Chromecast with Google TV and it's far superior to the UI on my, on my TV, which is a nice TV, but I just couldn't be bothered navigating it. So if you are someone who wants to do everything from your phone, uh, that is a really good way to go. If you want to, um, I suppose, I said bypass the, the crappy UI, it's the way to go. They're not as useful as they were, but I still wouldn't get rid of the two that I have. Okay. Um, in fairness, I did want to watch something on Vimeo. I had a screener for mm. North Circular before we were interviewing oh, yeah. Luke McManus, the director, and... Very hard to get that on 
um, different TVs, even on the um, smart TVs, and actually ended up just sticking the laptop in and getting the HDMI cable and doing it that way. But so Chrome, Chromecast. Chromecast would help there. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's good stuff. Thanks a million. Thank you. Uh, that was your gaming slot in partnership with Virgin Media. Bring your A game with 99.9% broadband reliability. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 